Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Razzball Fantasy Hockey Podcast. It is 2018. So, Viz, do we have any re- New Year's resolutions? No. I don't, I, I don't know. To me, it's just another day. I, I, I honestly couldn't care less about New Year's Eve. This was the first uh, New Year's Eve I was excited for in a long time just because uh, our Bills finally made the playoffs. Yes. Yes. we were adolescents. So, <laughs> yeah, that to look forward to next week. But, uh, yeah, it was an exciting few days. I went to the World Juniors outdoor game. That was a blast. Uh, Bills ended up getting in. The, the Winter Classic was a, a good game. I wish the Sabres would keep those jerseys all the time. They were super nice. Uh, we'll hit on all that a little bit later on. Uh, how are things for, going for you? Uh, New Year's resolutions. Also didn't make any. Uh, Going to be honest, uh, the Bills game on New Year's Eve, as you were mentioning, sort of escalated the um, the alcohol consumption rate that I was going for <laughs> on New Year's Eve. That was, um, on, on it, like, I don't really know how to describe it. That was kind of surreal because I just, I'm looking at it fourth and 12 and it's Andy fucking Dalton. I'm thinking, <laughs> there we go. Yep, that, this is about as billsy as it gets right here. And nope, somehow it works. Uh, what a great way to turn around uh, 2017 to end it on a high note because there were definitely a lot of lows in 2017 for uh, Buffalo sports. So this was a good way to end it. Um, yeah, so I guess we should get right into the injury notes. Yeah, there's plenty of them, sadly. Plenty of injury news in the NHL. They they did have their uh, Christmas break. They uh, The rosters were locked and everything. Not too many trades. In fact, none that are really fantasy-worthy. Um, so let's get right to the injury stuff. Uh, Mark Shifley in Winnipeg is out six to eight weeks. That's not good. No, it, it looked pretty bad. He went in shoulder first to the boards. Uh, no, Winnipeg's been playing Patrick, or no, sorry, Patrick Lani on the first line, but Blake Wheeler's been playing center since he went down. And, and he keeps rolling. I mean, he, he deserves serious hard consideration if he keeps us up while Shifley's gone. Uh, you know, he had a goal in every game. He had two goals uh, last night. Well, Tuesday. This is going to go up Thursday. Uh, he had two goals against Colorado, including one in the last minute to get them in overtime to steal a point in that game. Uh, he's just rolling. Line A started to take off. I mean, he's probably going to be a top 15 player the rest of the way in my mind. Oh, Brian Little's playing on the second line. He's a bottom-end streamer to me. He hasn't been that good. I almost would rather stream Adam Lowry, who's center on the third line, but he, he took a Shifley spot in the first power play unit. I don't really love any of the guys who've emerged in Shifley's place as a guy. You can't really pick anyone up. You're going to have to look elsewhere. Uh, I mean, Big Buff came back, so he took that spot back on the power play. He knocks Truba down a bit, but I'd still hold Truba for now. But I mean, is there any guys on... I want to peg you like more than me to take uh, at least be a better streamer like Perot or Little. It's really about it though because yeah, you're, you're holding Connor already, Wheeler, Line, and Ehlers, obviously. So yeah, I agree. It's very thin. Um, no one really hold worthy. It's just a lot of streamers and hope the one that you picked up gets hot right. and turns into a hold. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I, I don't really see it. Yeah, I think it's going to be more by committee than anything. 
Right. I mean, Wheeler's playing over 20 minutes. I mean, Liney's starting to get big minutes now, too, which is encouraging. Like I said, I mean, I think in a year or two, he's going to start being like a lock for 40-plus every year. Uh, he's got 18 right now, and I feel like he's almost been a bit unlucky. The shot rate's starting to come up. The minutes are there, which they haven't been. Uh, I'm all in on Liney for the rest of the year. And going forward, obviously, I mean, where is he going to be ranked next year? It's hard to say, but I feel pretty safe. And he's going to be about a first-round pick. I mean, you're looking at, like, him versus Tarasenko. And, yeah, right now you're losing a bit on assists, but they're probably going to be coming for Line A, and, and there's a good chance that you know, with how good his shot is, if he can get his shot rate up over three consistently, three and a half, you don't want to call anybody a lock for 45, 50 goals, but he would be the closest thing to it in the league. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Um, let's go next. Um, I guess two guys coming back, Ryan Ellis and Ryan Suter. Oh, I guess three and Big Buff are all back. Um, Ryan Ellis, I believe, should be picked up. This is not hard. Yeah, I grabbed Ryan I Suter grabbed, should be picked yeah, up. I mean, I grabbed the, uh, I grabbed Ellis in a couple leagues. Um, it's it makes it tough with Ekholm, just because I don't really know what his role is going to look like. I assume he's going to lose his power play time, which means he's kind of fringy. I mean, we were talking about it for a couple months that when Alice comes back, you might have to drop at home. And I, I think it's starting to look that way. Like yesterday, they actually had him playing on the third pair and, uh, and Yemelin with Subban. Now I don't think that's going to really last. And Ekholm was getting his shifts around, but I mean, at the end of the game, Yemelin was actually with Subban. I think this kind of hurts Ekholm enough where I wouldn't cut him yet, but I could definitely see it. And like, a week, we'll know enough one way or the other. And Ellis, I mean, he didn't do anything yesterday. Uh, they got shut out by Vegas. He had two shots in 18 minutes. But that workload will get up. And, you know, especially if you're in a league where you carry 5D, then he obviously should be owned everywhere. Um, with Minnesota, I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, on Spurgeon and, and Dumba? Are you holding both of them? I think I am for the meantime. Yeah. Um, I want to. See, I want to see more of what Ryan Suter does. Mainly, I want to see if he gets the colossal minutes mm-hmm. back again. Because I feel like a lot of the time when Suter, like even back at Nashville, it was because there wasn't a whole lot of depth behind mm-hmm. him, so he was forced to play oh. the thirty minutes a game or twenty nine minutes a yeah. game. But they now have depth at the blue line. Like Minnesota, right. they oh. have, they are oh. four Sutter, or five oh, defenders. Man, we we completely whiffed on the Sutter has been playing for a while. Like the minute, what? yeah, the minutes are down. But um, what did I miss I here? Hold I don't on. know. You, you Hold off, on. But I mean, he's wait, 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 wait. Uh, Hold on. He's uh, he has played every game this year, so I don't know. I just got a lot of it. We whiffed on this, but uh. I mean, Spurgeon's been back. He came back just before our last podcast, I think. Uh, his minutes are still down, and I was talking about Dumba would not be uh, – he wouldn't be a hold through this. Dumba's still in the 20s in minutes now. Uh, he's slowed down a bit. Uh, he has two points in the last five. But before that, he had five points in four games. So, I, I, I think I'm holding all of them now. And, yeah, I don't know why I, what we were thinking, but – I I apologize for that. I <laughs> must have mis I must have misread it because I like could have sworn it was Ryan Suter. It happens to the best ones. Yeah. 
Okay, sorry about that <laughs> quick uh, fake news there. Oh, we updated you um, on wild defense anyway, I guess. There we go. Yeah, you got your wild defense locked Oh, in. I mean, oh, Dubnik. Right, um, Dubnik was out. He came back. Uh, he's had two really big games. He had uh, 41 saves uh, against the Predators and then locked down Florida yesterday. I've, I mean, if you had stay lock, you can cut in. Uh, I feel pretty good about Dubnik being the top, I don't know, eight goalie the rest of the way. An upside from there, too. What else we got? Uh, we got Big Buff yeah, I, back I, I, for Winnipeg. Yeah. This will be huge. I think it actually integrates quite a bit with what we uh, – the last injury team we talked about with uh, Shifley. They're going to have to – he's going to have to pick – the defense are going to have to pick up the slack in terms of scoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Truba, like, Truba and Myers each played about 23 minutes uh, with Big Buff returning. Buff played 25 in his first game back. Uh I mean, I'm still holding Truba. I guess I, I don't. I don't. I don't particularly care for either of these guys too much. I mean, Truba's shot rate and penalty minutes are still solid enough. Pa, uh, you know, but Myers actually has 12 power play points. Uh, I guess it depends on what you need team build wise. I mean, the penalty minutes are about the same. They're both plus players. Uh, Myers' shot rate's not as good. I mean, both of them are kind of fringy. Uh, you can go either way on them. I'm fine with holding or letting them go if someone else is someone else better is available. Yeah. Um what else do we have? Oh, Phil Forsberg in Nashville. I feel like we got the same teams over and yeah. over here. Uh Nashville Phil Forsberg's on IR. It is undisclosed. I think that is literally all we have for you guys. Yeah, I There's... mean by the time you come out they're supposed to have an official update Wednesday they're saying and the one guy from the Predators website said he thinks it's upper body he can't come back till Saturday at the earliest. Uh, I don't really see any alternatives here. I mean, it's all the same guys you know, that we've been using before on the first line. Yarn Croak's playing there. He's played pretty well. I would be fine with streaming him. He's got 10 goals in tennis this season. He's been playing 20 minutes a game. Uh, you know, the shot rate's not that good. You're not going to get any poly minutes, but it's okay. Uh, what would you do with, like, Kevin Fiala? Are you still holding him? Because he, I think I am. Okay, because he, he, after this big streak, he's pointless in the last five games. Uh, you know, Craig Smith, too, has only got uh, one goal in the last – or one point, and it's a goal in the last five. But at least with Smith, I mean, his shots from the last five games, 3-5-11, 3-4. So the shot rate's there, at least. Fiala is, uh, you know, in a bit of a downswing. So I was curious your thoughts on him. Um, yeah, I think I'm still holding him for now. Like, I would check back in in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Also, just to clear up, the reason I had Ryan Suter confused, I confused him with the other longtime Minnesota native who signed with Minnesota that same year. Ryan, uh, Zach Parisi has been activated off long-term IR, and he is skating with Charlie Coyle and Chris Stewart. Oh, okay. yeah, he, that yeah, was, right. he played, that's the one I missed. Played, okay, played, like, I'm sorry about that, everybody. He, he played last night. He had, uh, three, he had three shots. He didn't play many minutes, but he was back on the first power play unit. Uh, he's kind of he's me, kind of fringy anyway. He comes into, like, if he's on the first power play unit, doesn't he at least entertain the idea of, like, streamer status? Oh, he's definitely at least a streamer, yeah. I mean, last year he had, okay. he had 42 points in 69 games and uh, almost three shots a game. Okay, Pelliments. Like, he he should be decent enough across the board. I don't know how good he'll be in any specific category. You know, anything deeper than a 12-er, I would definitely grab him. I mean, I'm fine with streaming him. I mean, they play the 
the Sabres, and then Colorado on Saturday. You know, Colorado's playing well, but they're still giving up a decent amount of goals. So, you know, if you grab them for the next three days, I'm, I'm good with that. And just to see what happens, maybe you end up holding them. Um, let's go to Columbus with uh, Alex Wenberg oh, and Cam Atkinson. Yeah, this, I believe it is out four to six yeah, weeks. Yeah, each of them, it's pretty rough. I mean, you know, Felino's getting bigger minutes. Uh, our guy uh, from the preseason, Josh Anderson, uh, he's getting ridiculous minutes. He's, you know, in the last six games, his lowest was is 19 minutes and 15 seconds. I would own him in a 12-er for sure. He's still available in like two-thirds of leagues. The shot rate's down a little bit, but he's still over three per game on the season. He's plus seven, 14 goals, 10 assists. I mean, he's pretty much on pace for like 30 goals and 20 assists with a good plus minus, decent penalty minutes and a great shot rate. I don't know why he's uh, widely available. I don't mind grabbing a Pierre-Luc Dubois either, the number three pick from last year. That's the guy That's the guy I'm all in yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, he's... It's nothing great in any category right now. The minutes are up. He's playing with Panarin and Felino now. He's and that's with, it right, right there. He's, it's, he's certainly in play. Uh, Sonny Milano's you know, doing all right. He's got three goals the last four games. But the shot rate's not there. You know, the minutes, he finally played 16, almost 17 minutes uh, on Tuesday. But before that, Tyus was 14. So I don't really trust him. You can stream him if you want. And uh, still Borkstrand, too. I mean, he had two goals uh, against Dallas, both goals actually in their win. He has, uh, let's see, eight points in the last ten games. But the shot rate's not there. He's not getting minutes, really. It's frustrating me. Uh, I'll probably write a sleeper post about him next year, honestly, because I just assume at some point they're just going to have to play him more. Uh, Again, he's another guy I'm okay with streaming. But I would hold Anderson. Uh, I can go either way on Dubois, and then you could stream Borkstrand and Milano. I, I mean, what would you want to do with Felino? Because I mean, he's playing big minutes, but he only has two points in the last ten. Uh, he's minus. You're getting good penalty minutes, but I mean, he only has seven goals and seven assists in 41 games. That's terrible. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess you put put him in the streamer category if you need some penalty minutes and a guy who has a decent chance to get points. But uh, you know, that's a secondary thing and someone you'd be streaming later in the week if you're down and, and close and down in penalty minutes really it's nothing I'm looking for. Same with like Boone Jenner. He hasn't done much at all either. Yeah, that Boone Jenner's been a complete disappointment two, for two, me this two year. years in a row. But... Two years in a row, yeah. We were expecting a bounce back here, Definitely. but nope. No, he's been brutal. Um all right, let's go let's go to uh New York with uh Chris Kreider. Uh, has a blood clot and he's out indefinitely. Um, last time we had a blood clot in an NHL player, I believe, and I think you're typing in to check it out right now. I believe it was Steven Stamkos. Yeah, he he it got discovered in April and he never came back in the playoffs. You know, it, it says uh, at least the type that he had. Uh, it was it's a one to three month thing. I haven't heard any timetable on Kreider, but it's definitely not going to be anytime soon. I mean, here's the open for him that it's nothing serious because he's played fairly well. Uh, you know, we could tie this into the outdoor game now if you want. I mean, JT Miller played with uh, Zabinijad and Zook, scored the game winner. Miller's looked uh, really good. Uh, I'm a fan of his a lot more so in real life than fantasy just because 
Uh, shot rate's not that good. He's not great in any category, but he's got eight plus 19 and he's plus 10 in in 39 games. You're looking at on pace for, I don't know, 18-ish goals with 40 assists. So you're pushing 60 points and you need the plus-minus boost, which you know there are a lot of guys who are struggling in plus-minus and a lot of big names too. You know, Miller is a guy who's owning about half a league. I would look to grab him first of all these guys. You know, Butch Nevich now, they're moving him around the, the lineup. You don't, I think you're fine with cutting him. I would still stream him, but you don't kind of hold him. Uh, you know, I actually thought Kevin Hayes was the best Rangers forward in the Winter Classic. He he ended up getting one assist, five shots. He's playing with uh, Nash and Grabner. I, I don't know. He's He's a fine streamer, but there's there's no one I would want to hold here. I mean, even Grabner, that guy's got 18 goals, but I don't know. He's got three assists. <laughs> I haven't. I don't remember a year like this since it was a Tanner Pearson had like 22 goals and four assists a couple of years ago. Yep. Like, yeah, it's been a while and, since I've and seen it's something It's a ton like of empty that. netters. He doesn't get any power play time, so like, it's tough to trust him. Again, he's a fine streamer if you want, but you're not holding him. I mean, Rick Nash is widely available, but again, he's on pace for like 20 plus 20, and the shot rate's good, but, you know, only two power play points. Uh, the Rangers have a lot of streamers, but, you know, outside, even Zabinijad, since he's come back, doesn't have a point in six games. I mean, I'm still holding him, but I'm really only holding Zabinijad and Zook for forwards, and then Miller, potentially. I would lean towards yes, but everyone else is just a, a streamer, depending on the day and years four guys at least I never know if they are a if you need assists or VC you know, maybe he looked all right in that game too but I have no faith in him but he is getting second unit power play time now now the first the first power play unit is that top line with the butcher and Shattenkirk so I'm more inclined to use uh butcher as a streamer even though the minutes are going down than any of those other guys yeah I'm completely in line with you there um I mean, let's go to Okay. No, I was just gonna say, like you know, the Rangers. You talked about this ro- heavy road schedule coming up, and you know they don't have much of a cushion, but you know they're playing very well. I think you know they took the Sabers. You know, the first period they're all over them. Then you know the Sabers played well in their own right. Surprisingly, uh, they deserve to get that game in overtime. But you know the Rangers are a team. I still have faith in going forward. Yeah. Um. Let's go to. Uh, Edmonton, where Patrick Maroon has a hearing with uh, NHL player safety. It's at least two games, I think. I mean, that hit was brutal. I don't know who uh, who's going to move up to that line, if it's going to be Lucic or Camilleri. I don't know. I don't particularly care too much, but um, the interesting thing to me is how well Puyarvi looks uh, since he's been on McDavid's line, and I think... I kind of hope he doesn't have a big second half only so I can uh, write a sleeper post on him next year because he's showing why he was the fourth pick in this draft. Everyone thought he was going to go third, but Dubois, we talked about earlier, instead. But uh, the minutes are there. You know, it's not great yet, but eight goals in 23 games, I mean, that's a 30-goal pace, and the shot rate's pushing three a game. There's... Only one power play point. Their upside is built in. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up a hold by the end of the year either. Edmonton is you know, free falling. Not free falling, but they're still where they are. And you know, they probably have, I don't know, a 10, 15% chance tops of making the playoffs because there's so many teams in front of them they got to jump. But 
I mean, they're nine points back right now. Is there is there any shot they make it? Yeah, I mean, any team. I mean, they could get on a heater. It wouldn't shock me. Like I said, probably about a 10% chance. I don't know. They need Talbot to play like he did last year or whoever the hell they have in net and McDavid just to keep going off because, you know, Pooey Harvey's been a bright spot and in R&H for sure. Again, he's getting overshadowed because of, you know, how many – other guys are having massive years and he's not having like a massive year, but he's on pace for 30 plus 30. And I, I don't see he's been mentioned about anywhere, you know, so he deserves a ton of credit. Uh, dry hasn't been great. The points are decent enough. He's got 32 points in 36 games, but for fantasy, it's not really good because, uh, you know, the shot rates, you know, two and a half, it's fine. Power minutes are, Low average, you know, it's just nothing great in any category, and why I was ranking him lower to begin with than the most. But as far as bright spots for the team goes, it really comes down to Pooley Arby and R and H, and that's that's the problem. I mean, I guess Darnell Nurse has played a lot better than I expected, but I mean, Clefbaum and Larson have just been a disaster. Sakarabak so hasn't changed things too much. I mean, right now I saw they had that Johan Ovitu, who was the, the French guy, was on the Devils last year, the defenseman. He's he was running the first power play with fourth injuries. Now he's playing on the fourth line at wing. I don't know if they're playing seven D some of the time. I don't know what's going on with that team. They're just they're just in trouble because there's like I said, there's so many teams in front of them, and you know a handful, well, not a handful, but a couple of them, uh, you know, right in front of them. And I'm specifically is on a massive tear right now, which makes it even harder. Yeah, Anaheim's look. I mean, Anaheim, Minnesota's getting healthy. Uh, Chicago and Calgary still have the potential to just right. shoot the like shoot the moon at any point. Although we're going to get to Chicago, we can do Chicago next. But like, I don't see a path for Edmonton to make the playoffs this year. There's too many holes. There's too little right. depth on the team. I guess my fancy team name is the Adam Larson Fan <laughs> Club, um, party of one, I believe. <laughs> Membership status one person, uh, or maybe three. I'll include his parents in this, but I, I don't know. Like I, I just don't see it. They give up too many goals. They still have more road games to play than they do home the rest of the way. Right. Although. They're weird. They have a better record on the road than they do at home. Right. Um, For whatever yeah, the fuck that I don't know. Means, it, but. It's something in Alberta. Calgary's the same way. I guess you mentioned the, yes. you mentioned the Ducks quick, too. Uh, I don't think we – I forgot him for those. Kessler came back. Played four games. The minutes have ramped up now. He played 19 minutes on Tuesday. Uh, you know, he just has two assists. Uh, he got in a fight with uh, Matthew Kachuk. That was a great fight. But, great fight. But, you know, he's still available in half the league's. If you need a poly minute boost, I mean, I'm a guy, I've been down on Kessler for, you know, most years, but the way the Ducks are playing, and Silverberg's been strong with, you know, playing with no center basically all year. Uh, I'm good with grabbing Kessler if you need, you know, some poly minute reassurance, and he'll be decent enough in points. You know what he is though? Kessler's just consistent. He's going to put you on a, a, for an 82 games. 82 game pace. He's consistent for like 55 points, right. 50, 50, 50, 55 points, right. like and solid penalty minutes. You're gonna get that every year. Mm-hmm. Just expect the 55 point pace, except just prorate mm-hmm. it for half the season. Essentially, right. is what I would do. 
I I don't see how it's a uh, yeah like I, I'm I'm fine with it picking up Kessler yeah. like hold on one second and I'm going to pick him up in like two of my leagues right now <laughs> like I don't know it's not the end of the, like you can make way worse oh decisions sure. also uh, before we do any more injury notes this just came across my screen um since the mat the massive Matt Duchesne Kyle Turris uh, Colorado Anaheim Nashville trade. Nashville is 16 3 and 3 with a plus 20 goal differential. Colorado is 12 10 and 3 with a plus 4 goal differential. Ottawa, who got Matthew Shane, is 6 14 and 3 with a minus 33 goal differential. That is just disgusting. <laughs> How disgusting is it that you give up the most in terms of prospects and picks? And get the worst result in a three-team deal in terms of immediate impact. Right. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, but, I mean, it, if they trade, like, Hoffman or – I mean, every team should be trying to trade for him. I know he hasn't had that good of a year this year, but, I mean, he's a proven 30-goal scorer, and, and it's not a fluke at all. Uh, you know, I don't know how who they're going to cut out of there. I mean, Derek Brasser, they're playing uh, Columbus, and they asked him, would you want to go back there? He said, I'll play anywhere. You know, and it didn't necessarily, you know, mean that he doesn't want to be in Ottawa, but the fact that he would say something like that and he enjoyed his time there just shows you, like, he doesn't really want to be in Ottawa either. You could say that for a lot of guys. I mean, the problem with Ottawa is, you know, compared to expectations, I think the only guy who's playing up to them on their entire roster is Mark Stone. Other, yes. Otherwise, it may be Brasser. But otherwise, I mean, there's just – a lot of disappointment everywhere and I don't think they're going to get any better. I mean, maybe it's the best for them to get a top five pick because of that. I mean, if, if Carlson does leave after next year, whether it's they trade him for or he doesn't go back, I mean, that team is just done. <laughs> there's, there's no way around it. They're going to be so screwed for a long time. And yes, they have, you know, uh, Colin White, Logan Brown, Shabbat, they have some good prospects, but at the same time, like, the D needs a lot of work as it is. And uh, I don't know that that team, you know, of all the teams at the bottom of the standings, they, I don't want they might have the least bright future out of all of them, depending on uh, how things shake out with Carlson, because I mean, at least Buffalo and Arizona, they have some top end talent that we already see and they're only going to get better, you know, and they're going to have it. You know, right now they're big favorites to go top two in the lottery. You know, even even Vancouver has shown a lot of you know nice pieces. I don't know about Ottawa at all. They they could be in rough shape for years. Yeah, um, I think a lot of it just comes from ownership. I don't think I've ever seen more of a train wreck interview than uh, Eugene Melnick Melnick, yeah. Melnick during the uh, Canadian Heritage Classic. Pretty much trying to get – he was given so many softballs. And he's like, what, relocation? No, who said relocation? I didn't bring up relocation, but I'm not saying relocation, but I'm also not, like, not saying relocation. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, stop talking. Or, like, yeah, we've really cut down on, um, like, other expenses, so – and we're still not making any money, so clearly the next thing to go would be player salary. It's like, oh, my God, you're the worst owner yeah. ever. I mean, they, please in God. The last ten, they've been the second worst team in the East, behind uh, Montreal, who was playing well, and all of a sudden's lost five in a row, and they're dead meat too. 
I don't know. Pretty much the the entire Atlantic division outside of Tampa, Boston, Toronto yeah, is it's a cesspool. I mean, I mean, Florida won five in a row before they got killed by Minnesota Tuesday. They they're starting to look decent, and honestly, Detroit somewhat <laughs> surpassed my expectations. I don't want to exact. Like, they're fifteen and twenty three. You know, seven of those lost in overtime. So, you know, they're they're doing all right, better than I expected. There's at least some encouraging signs for them too. Like I know Monta struggled lately, but the way he played earlier, and he'll be fine. Larkin, you know, there's some encouraging signs for them, although they're in trouble too. But yeah, I mean, we can run through how many injuries we got left. A couple, right? Because oh yeah, all right, let's get these really quickly. Well, Corey Crawford went on IR. Yeah. Um, if he's if he missed like more than two weeks, Chicago's done. Yeah, I mean they're in trouble anyway. I was trying to to get out of the athletic to look at uh, their playoff probability stuff. You know, I'm sure it dropped a decent amount yesterday because while while Dallas did lose uh, the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Wild, and Colorado for that matter, all won. I mean Jeff Glass, great story. I mean 32 year old guy played eight years in the KHL, never made it. Gets called up, first game he stops like over forty shots, uh, and gets the win. Next game he ended up losing four three to Calgary, but he made like thirty five saves. I mean, if you're desperate, you can roll him out there. I mean, you'll see how he does before, or, or you see how he does against the Rangers by the time you listen to this because they play Wednesday. I don't. It's a desperation move, really. And yeah, you're right. Chicago is in trouble because. I mean, Anisimov's out now, too. I mean, they're playing Schmaltz at center and Ryan Hartman with Kane. They got Hinnestros up with Saad and Taves. I mean, I mean, this lineup looks like just garbage. So it's an uphill battle, and they're going to need you know, their stars to carry them. There's no way around it. Yeah. Also, it is uh, snowing in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> yeah. That's... Uh, with a measured 0.1 inches of snow slash sleet on the roof at uh, Florida State. In my mind, that just means the Bills are coming to the state of Florida for a playoff game. (laughs) So, and the, in the words of Game of Thrones, winter is here. So, um, okay, other injury news. Uh, Anisimov, upper body injury i don't think we have a timeline for it i'm not sure how serious it is either yeah i just ran we just ran down those guys i mean you could stream i'd still feel good about streaming smaltz uh hartman bottom end uh yeah Yeah, nothing too exciting there and uh tyson berry yeah so this is kind of interesting i mean he's gonna be out for a while uh eric johnson I, i think i would own him everywhere honestly you you look at his overall numbers and He's hitting all the categories. Bring it up now, quick. But you know, 16 points in 37 games. But he has four in the last four games. The shot rate is great. It's over three a game, uh, over a pound minute a game. He's actually plus one. I would own him everywhere. You know, the points aren't going to be great, but everything else is going to be good enough. You know, it's kind of like Ekblad, really. Very similar. He won't have the. He doesn't have the name value. I mean, I guess he kind of does, but not in the same way. You know, everyone thinks that plant's great, but <laughs> really not at this point. Um, otherwise, I mean, I'm a huge fan of uh, Samuel Gerrard. Right now, it's not great. I mean, he has three assists in the last three games. The minutes are coming up a bit, but they're really sheltering him. He's not getting a lot of time. I mean, in a deep league, I'm fine with using him. But 
I, I don't know. I, I really think it's just Johnson. Uh, you know, same. He's a door off in the same boat as Gerard, depending on what. It's just different categories. But yeah, I mean, Eric Johnson. I'm bringing up quick to see, you know, how wily owned he is. But prop, my guess is not enough. Because if you hit out, he's at 35% owned. Uh, I don't really understand it. Like I said, it's just it's good enough across the board. I mean, yeah, the assists aren't great. He's on pace for I don't know. 20 to 25 assists, but if you're going to get 13, 14 goals from a defenseman, uh, I'll pace for, I don't know, 90 to 100 pounding minutes and over three shots a game. I don't know what's to like. I mean, with defensemen being as bad as it is per usual, uh, I don't know why he's not owned in more places. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, it was, it was uh, four to six weeks for Barry, and that was about a week ago. So, okay, figure, three to yeah, five. Yeah, I now. figure end of January, early February. Okay. Um, also, quick thing before we move on to, like, the World Juniors. Um, watching the Winter Classic, I saw that the fourth-line center for the New York Rangers' name is Boo Nieves. <laughs> Boo as in B-O-O. <laughs> Which one it should be properly nicknamed the Ghost? Is it Shane Gostaspare or Boo Nieves? <laughs> yeah. Because, honestly, I think both have a pretty strong claim yeah, I mean, to being nicknamed yeah. Ghost out I mean, there. his real name is... Uh... Cristoval, I think. I'm trying to remember, but they've he's been called Boo forever, I guess. I, I don't. <laughs> um, he's from the Syracuse area, I think. Doesn't really matter, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd say Nieves would be better just because they actually call him Boo. But um, he he kind of impressed me actually. He's a former second round pick. I'm not. There's nothing there right now, because the minutes aren't there. But he's 23 years old. Uh, he hasn't lit up the AHL by any means. But you know, he was a big time college scorer. He's still only 23. There might actually be something there long term. You know, maybe he'll get more of an opportunity with Cryer out occasionally. I don't know. But uh, as far as nickname goes, I mean, Ghost is simple enough for Gossip Bear, Ghost Bear, however you want to do it. Uh, I don't know. You're right, Todd. I think they should have to battle the next time the two teams play for their just right, a fight. They're right for the nickname. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Anthony Mantha is drawing back into the lineup for Detroit. Although it looks like he's going to be on the fourth line. They do. So uh, it doesn't surprise me, but it's still a bit frustrating. I mean, they played Tyler Bertuzzi on first line. He actually had two points the other day. I don't know. I mean, he could be an okay streamer. Yeah. He's, He's got the attitude like his dad does. Hopefully, he doesn't have the cheap shots. But uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Manta moves up sooner than later. I mean, however they want to do it. But I mean, he was with the Tar and Larkin. Right now, they have Anthony CU there. He could take the Tar spot. He could take Anthony CU spot. I don't know, but hopefully, he's back up sooner than later. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, I guess now we can move on to the World Juniors. Um, no one's at the games, but everyone is watching them. So, I yeah. uh, I guess do you have a couple? Do you have any takeaways from the from uh, what we've seen so far? We're in the semifi- right. semifinals yeah, now. Yeah. So tomorrow it's by the uh, time you hear this, uh, Czech plays uh, Canada uh, with the upset over Finland, and USA plays Sweden. I mean, my pre-tournament pick was Sweden to win. Uh, uh, Dalin has been incredible. He showed he's going to be the first pick. There's no way around it. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird. Like, it seems like Neilander and Peterson, the, uh, the fifth pick overall from the Canucks, they're kind of like 
playing at their own speed right now. Uh, they're finally going to get a tougher game against the U.S., obviously. So uh, that'll be a great game. I believe that's 4 Eastern on on Thursday. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Uh, and Czech, you know, I mean, we can run through some specific guys, but Czech has really surprised me. I mean, they started off with a big upset over Russia in the beginning. They beat Finland in a shootout. It starts with uh, three guys, really. Uh, Philip Chittle was a first-round pick for the Rangers this year who almost made the team. Or he did make the team, but then they sent him back. Uh, he's impressed. Um, Martin Nikas, who was a first-round pick last year as well. Double-checking with who, but I'm pretty sure Carolina. Yeah, Car- it was Carolina, yeah. 12th pick. Right. He did. He actually did play one game with Carolina. Right. Uh, but then they just sent him back Right. There's plenty of potential there, and he's shown more than I, I even thought he had. And the other one is uh, Zadina, uh, Philippe Zadina, who will be a top five pick in next year's draft. Uh, I believe right now he's slated uh, third on TSN's big board behind uh, Dalin and uh, Svechnikov, who was only playing like 11 minutes for Russia. It was kind of weird, but he was the young guy on the team. It wasn't like shocking, but it was a bit frustrating because I wanted to see more of him. But Zadina, you know, the top guys for the Czech are, are really good. And, you know, I didn't really expect much from them coming in. And their their draft stock, you know, our, Zadina's draft stock is rising. The other two guys have solidified themselves as, you know, top prospects for, for dynasty leagues going forward. Uh you know, Zadina's in a battle with Svechnikov and, and Brady Kachuk, probably, and Adam Boquist, who doesn't even make Sweden's team. That's all stacked there defensively. But uh, I would be shocked if those guys aren't two through five in some order behind Dahlin. And, uh, you know, this isn't going to, you know, a World Juniors tournament where these guys play, you know, seven, eight games, you know, 98 games, like five to seven games, isn't going to drastically change their draft, draft stock between now and, know next june but uh it's encouraging to see you know at least zadina and kachuk who kachuk's probably been i don't know usa's third best player i would say behind Milstat and Kiefer bellows those guys have you know really boosted their stock up uh into this point where you could see any of them going to based on personal preference with you know certain teams I could see the Sabres, you know, still take – if they got the second pick, you could see them taking Kachuk. You know, he seemed all in on the on the Bills when he was going down the tunnel at the end of the game. He's yelling, yeah, Bills Mafia. Yeah. Uh, you could see them taking Boquist, even though he's not in the tournament because he's that good of a defenseman. They just – Sweden's had so many first-round picks on defense that, you know, he got it pushed out. But um, trying to get other guys who've really stood out. I mean, Russia – man, that was like – they have like the worst power play I've ever seen. It was unbelievable, but um, <laughs> I, their team wasn't as good as normal years, but I was very impressed with Clint Costin, uh, Blue's first-round pick. He he looks like he's got a ton of upside for the future. Uh, any guys for you that really stood out? No, I, most of the guys that you hit on were the ones that I was like, yeah, that they look good. Um, like the goaltenders in this tournament, I, I none of them. Like Carter Hart has had his stretches, but he's – I don't know. It's. I feel like outside of the U.S. game, I don't know if he's truly been right. tested. Right. I mean, the, the, the I Finland think... game that opened the tournament, uh, you know, was Ukopeka Lokanen, who's the Sabres' second-round pick. 
and him and it was three two halfway through like the second period and four of the goals were just complete tappins like defensive miscue like both of those guys were running out to dry the whole game so I, it's hard to really judge them for that uh, I don't really yeah. I don't really care for the U.S. goalie uh, Wall who's his least prospect uh, you know he played better against Russia but in the earlier rounds he didn't look that good he didn't play in the outdoor game bizarrely it's the only game he didn't play uh, but it's yeah it's not really a, a great goal a tournament for goalies in my mind granted you know there usually isn't there's usually one goalie who gets on fire and that's about it but it's been a, a couple of years since we've had a, a top end goalie really <laughs> yeah I'm trying to think um the Czech goalie he's a prospect of um Oh God, who is it? It's um, shit. He looked really good in their game against. Yeah, I'm drawing. A, I'm drawing a blank too. I'm trying. I'm to... drawing a blank. They even said it on the broadcast too. Is it Sakarik? Yeah, Jakub Sakarik. He's drafted by. Uh, no, he's not owned by anyone. I'm trying to think who this guy is now. Uh, man. Okay. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, I'll I'll um, take your word for it, though. I mean, I I haven't watched a, a ton of them. I mean, I watched the game against Finland and then their upset against Russia, and it's you know it seems like the Czechs in, in a downtime for you know their Olympic their, team. Yeah, just in general, you know they're they're part of the Big Seven in general, but at the same time, they feel like you know they've kind of slid back to to number seven in that group, but it's nice for them to finally have some uh, some players who give them some hope long-term. Like, Finland went through this stretch where it looked like they were about to be done, and now, you know, between, you know, Heiskanen and Valamaki and Yu Levy and um, Eli Tolvin is another guy who really impressed me, the, the national first-round pick. I could see him being a 30-goal scorer for a long time. Um, yes, Christian Veselainen, the Jets' first round pick, and that's not to even count like Line A and Aho and all these other guys who are already in there. Barkov, Barkov. yeah, everyone right. keeps forgetting yeah. Barkov is actually Finnish. Right. As Russian as his name <laughs> yeah. looks and sounds, he's somehow Finnish. It makes no right. sense to so, me. So you know, they're after a quick downswing, they're breaking out of it, and now it looks like uh, it looks like Czech's going to go down that same path. Yeah, it'll be really good to see. Um, I, I I know it's going to sound like homerism, but Casey Middlestat looks so good in this tournament. Yeah, he um, really does. I mean, there, there's no way around it. I mean, he leads the tournament points now. Uh, he, it's just he's going to be a guy everyone gravitates to because he's, he's super flashy, but it's flashy with a purpose. It's not just to be flashy. Uh, I would be shocked if – after his year in Minnesota, he doesn't end up playing for the Sabres at the, either at one or two games at the end of this year, uh, kind of going down the Brock Besser path from last year. And I think Besser, you know, it's not like a perfect comparison because Besser's more of a goal scorer than Middlestad's going to be, I think. I think Middlestad's going to be a guy who is an incredible playmaker. But I could see him having that kind of impact as a rookie right away next year, and he'll be a guy who should be drafted in all leagues just, just for his upside. Kiefer Bellows, I've been super impressed with. Uh, Islanders pick, plays for uh, Portland Winterhawks. Uh, 
he's he's had you know he played one year at Boston University and then decided to play juniors, which you usually don't see. But um, he can't be far away either, and he's just no. It's at most one year after right. this one, but like dynasty wise, that should be a guy that people should be looking towards in some degree. I, I think Darlene, again, you like you hit it on the head. He just looks like he's playing a different game than everybody yeah, it's, else. Everything's just so easy for him. He's he's going to be one of those guys who plays right away. And then the other guy that I think just, and you mentioned him earlier, guy that I think just next year makes the NHL roster and plays 82 games if he's healthy is Brady Kachuk. Yeah. He has the size to do it. He looks bigger than everybody else. They're, he's seeing a ton of minutes. It's actually amazing if you look at how the U.S. Um, the U.S. team developed their like roster or like line prioritization. Casey Middlestat was like their third line center for like the first two games. Yeah, they really didn't know whether to play him at center or the wing, and and then they realized he's actually really good. <laughs> and then they just stacked their top line. I think it was. Um, Kachuk, Middlestad, and Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. And I know this is going to surprise a lot of people. They started to score a lot of goals and dominate the play. Right. And it really started in that outdoor game mm-hmm. where when no, it looked like nobody could control the puck, nobody could skate with it, except Casey Middlestad was the only one able to make uh, sick passes, the only one able to stick handle. Um, you look at – we. On our podcast, we talk a lot about uh, puck possession, right? The offensive zone puck possession that Casey Middlestad had was like two and a half minutes more than any other player on the ice, yeah. which is absolutely insane. Yeah, the, the, the top line was just great. And it, it kind of shows a changing of the times in a way, too, that you know, Middlestad's not the best example, more Kachuk, but you know, for years – Coaches never played um, these guys who aren't drafted yet. They're seventeen-year-olds, the young guys. They never got big minutes. They, you know, except like you know every McDavid when they show up or whatever. But you know, they don't count on the young guys. They count on the older guys for the most part. And now you see it with the U.S. team with Kachuk, uh, with Quinn Hughes, will be a top ten pick defenseman uh, uh, playing in Michigan already. Uh, you see it with Dalian. You see it with Zadina. Teams are more willing now to play their 17-year-old guys that are just that good than they ever were before. And it's for the best. I mean, there's no reason not to. Um, you know, So that, that's a good thing. Another thing I want to add on Sweden, too, is Eric Brandstrom, who was a Vegas uh, first-round pick uh, in the last draft. He has all the makings to me of a power play quarterback, so he's someone to keep in mind on for uh, – for long-term fantasy implications. Uh, I mean, Sweden's teams are stacked. I can't wait to see them play the USA. I, I honestly think they're the two best teams at this point. I mean, it's different being an outdoor game, but USA really had the better of Canada that game. And Canada really lacks, like, that top player that you don't really have one like they usually do. I mean, they have a couple top picks. I mean, obviously, Kale McCare, but he's not getting a ton of minutes even. Uh, Cal Foot looks good. Uh Sam Steele looks good. I mean, Michael McLeod is a top ten pick for the Devils, but he's just he's a safe, projectable guy. He's not a world beater. They don't really have any any world beaters like they usually do. And you know, Sweden and USA both have guys who can take over the game. 
uh, you know, even Czech has more explosive guys than than Canada. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, I wouldn't pick Czech, but uh, I'm really excited for these final four games. And uh, obviously the American in me wants USA to win, but a uh, U.S.-Canada final with U.S. on top again would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, what was the other... Who's the guy with the really long hair on uh, Sweden? Was a Washington draft pick. Um, the guy's name is you know like, yeah, like, uh, Axel Johnson, Johnson Falabi or something like that. Yeah, yeah it's something. Yeah. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah. I'll look it up. But keep yeah, talking. He's um, a he's a fifth round pick if it's the right guy that I'm looking at. Um, a tons of speed. Yeah, he's flying around um, out there. I mean, flying he, out he's, there. He's and, kind of big for. I mean, he's, I mean, he's you know six one. He's not a tiny guy. He's not that filled out, but uh, you know, for a fifth round pick, there's plenty of upside there. I mean, you look at these teams, and they're really for the most part just loaded uh, with high draft picks up and down the roster, especially like Sweden. Talking about them, I mean, so many of their guys are guys who go in the first two rounds and. You know, oh, here's this guy, and you know, honestly, I mean, I don't, I pay attention to the draft and prospects and stuff, but once you get past the first two or three rounds, it's it's tough for me to keep track because it's not easy to watch juniors like it is, you know, college football or whatever. But he yeah. really, he really stood out on, on a few shifts, uh, just you know, and I'm sure it was a couple years away still, but for a guy to show that kind of promise as a fifth round pick is very good for the Capitals. I mean, when I when I watch him, I see a lot of like Michael Grabner with just the pure blazing speed, mm-hmm. just the north south that could really get, um, that could really like get some opportunities in like two years. Right. You could see him because he's already six one one ninety. Right. Like he's not that he's not like frame wise that far off. Mm-hmm. So it just comes down to can he translate that speed because. I mean, he looks just faster than everybody out there. Once he gets going, like, he's just burning people. Right. That was a guy, to me, that kept standing out, not just because he has a ridiculously long hair coming out either. Right. But, and then, um, for Sabres fans like this one, Alex Nylander looks, looks yeah, good. Yeah, it just, like, it seemed like... Nylander and Middlestat going up against each other in the Sweden-USA game in Buffalo will be like a Sabres, uh, a Sabres fan of prospects, like wet dream. Essentially it's who's the best prospect in the Sabres system. Let's find out at four o'clock on uh, Thursday between these two. Like it's going to be such a good. Yeah. I mean, those, those teams are just great. And it is a matchup within a matchup. Uh, Like I said, I kind of like Sweden to win, but I don't, I have next to no comments in that pick. Uh, it really comes down to what kind of goaltending USA gets in my mind because you know, if, if they get a good game from Wool, then they have a legitimate shot. But it it's so hard to say with these teams. I mean, they're all – the teams left completely deserve it. I mean, Czech is – it's not a fluke that they're there. They've played very well all tournament. They have the top-end talent now, and obviously – the other three teams were the three favorites coming in. So, uh, if there's any other prospects that you want to know about, uh, ask a, ask in the comments section of this post, and I'll give you what I'm thinking. But 
you don't need to spend, you know, an eternity breaking down all these guys. I mean, to summarize for the U.S., I mean, all these guys who were first-round picks last year, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, Josh Norris by the Sharks or, uh, you know, Kiefer Bellows, uh, Ryan Poling from the Canadians. Like, they all look like they belong. I mean, the U.S. team is, especially when it comes to forwards, has been super strong. Uh, Adam Fox is a guy who impressed me. Uh, he's a, a Flames pick. I didn't really know much about playing at Harvard. He he looked good. Uh, he scared yes. the hell out of me in overtime because he, he slipped. And <laughs> Canada was basically in on a three-on-oh. They didn't score. Uh, but overall, he's looked really good. Uh, Perunovic, too. Uh, didn't know much about him. He's still on, he's not drafted by anybody. Uh, doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. But, uh, you know. Solid. But there's been some guys who have emerged that I didn't expect, and it, it, that always happens. But uh, I'm just excited to watch these two games uh, on Thursday. Yeah. Um, and then we were talking about Quentin Hughes going to be a top 10 pick this year, defenseman for the U.S. His brother, Jack Hughes, is a center who's already being touted as going to be the first pick in the draft next year. Okay. And he's like, I think he's five ten, hmm. but we'll we're gonna be. I'm interested to see what he looks like. I was actually surprised he didn't make this team, but then again, I look at the skill and just the pure like raw talent that's on this roster right now, especially up front, and it doesn't surprise me that he d- didn't make it because there were so many people. Yeah, I mean the thing, if you're making it as a sixteen year old, you're you're basically. McDavid. I mean, there's, it, it's so rare, but you're right. I'm looking out, and it does seem like he's the consensus uh, top prospect that, uh, at this juncture. And on Hughes too. Like I'm looking around, and you know, I mentioned it kind of being a big five for draft. A lot of places have Hughes included in that, so maybe it is a, a top six, and then a drop off with Sadina, Kachuk, Hughes, Svechnikov, Boquist, and, and Dolan. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm going to throw this question out there because the Olympics, I, where are the, hold on, what year is it, 2018? 2022. I think it's in China, actually. It's in Beijing. Yeah. Okay. So let's assume that the, that the NHL players go to that one because okay. there will be a new collective bargaining agreement and there's like, there is no way that the players do not get Olympic participation like entrenched in that collective bargaining agreement, right? I, I assume they're going to push for it. I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, so many of them are okay. so many of them are pissed off that they can't go. Yeah. So let's say that they. So let's say that the uh, NHL players go. How far is the gap going to be? In that will be in eight years, no, six four. years, four years, four years, four <laughs> years. Wow. Okay. Um, how far is the gap going to be in four years between the? Canadian team and the U.S. team. I don't. Is there even really going to be one? I mean, I guess they. Have, that was what I was. I mean, I guess you know they'll have McDavid in his prime, which is just a scary thing to think about. They'll, but the U.S. will also have Jack Eichel in his prime, Austin Matthews in his prime. I'm assuming Casey Middlestat yeah. will make that team. Probably. Uh, they'll still they'll have the veteran. Pa- both Kachuk. You'll have a veteran Patrick Kane. Um. I guess you'd feel good. Charlie McAvoy yeah. will be playing like 45 <laughs> minutes a game for them. 
Like that team is going to be loaded. And I right? guess I guess like, the good thing too is they have uh, you know Hellebuck there or some other goalie options too. I don't know where Canada will be at that point too. No, they'll bring Jonathan Quick and Ryan Miller back for. <laughs> I mean, there, the... there's plenty of uh, plenty of guys for both teams, but yeah, the gap is is definitely closed. It's a damn shame they're not going this year because they're really. Uh, <laughs> I think it'd be a really good game yeah, if they went this for year. For sure. I mean, if you project it with NHL players, I mean, you're looking at something like, and I'm rolling this off on the top of my head, uh, Matthews, Kane, Goudreau, uh, Eichel, Wheeler, Patches. Uh, you got JVR, Pavelski, Kessel, Oshie, even the young guys, you know, Besser, Keller, Larkin, Trocek, uh, plenty more and then you obviously have you know Wierenski and Seth Jones would still be on that team in four years too as a pair uh, you know you're probably without Sutter and Big Buff at that point but you still have Carlson, uh, McAvoy uh, Slavin's actually American uh, Shattenkirk right now too like there's plenty of guys you also have Gibson down the line too uh, Goss yep. is fair, Kyle Connor. Uh, I mean, Anders Lee's actually American. If they were playing this year, I think he'd have to be on the team. Uh, so there's tons of guys there. You know, I, I, I'm i a huge fan of Hannafin. I think in four years he might be better than Norenski and Jones, honestly. I, 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 there's a chance. So, you know, both teams would be absolutely stacked. But the gap, you know, usually when U.S. plays, they're a somewhat sized underdog to Canada. I mean, I think they'd be an underdog, but a very marginal one. I agree. I don't actually think it'd be that big of an under. I don't think it'd be close to like a. I don't think it's a sizable underdog at all. At right. I mean, in, in Sweden would be right there too, honestly, just because they, yeah, I mean, they're. So, oh, Sweden would be Sweden, and even Finland would be loaded right. as well. But I mean, Sweden's defense. Uh, you're looking at Carlson, Hedman, uh, Ackholm, Klingberg, OEL. I mean, it's just it, – they, they would have just a completely broken rock. Like, there, there is no way that team – like, every single defenseman on that team is a superstar. Like, I don't even know who the worst def, like defenseman would even be on that team. <laughs> it's crazy to even think about. You still have Longquist uh, with Laner behind him, and the forwards are still pretty strong too. I mean – it's, a, it's so frustrating. Like, I have next to no excitement for the Olympics anymore. I always love to watch the hockey. Now, nah, I mean, I don't know how much of the hockey I'm even going to watch. The only thing that kind of piqued my interest is uh, Sabres prospect Will Borgia made the team, and I want to watch him. Like, when I think you know, Brandon, Brandon Gooley gets a lot of talk, but I think Borgia might be as good as he is, and I'm excited to see him. But uh, otherwise, I'm going to, I don't know how much hockey I'm even going to be able to watch. I mean, do I really want to watch Mark Arcabello and Brian Gianta battle off? You know what I mean? It's like, there's, there's, like, it's just, there's so underwhelming on so many, you know, so many things. It's frustrating. Yeah, I agree. So I'll be sticking to the bobsled and the luge and the skeleton. Yes. Curling. Yeah. Obviously, the curling has to be the curling. Have to get curling involved there somewhere. Um. Okay, so what else do we have here? Uh, I guess we can just do a quick old thing about the Winter Classic because it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Do you think the NHL 
has any idea that you can actually figure out where shadows and like sunspots are going to be at a given time in a baseball stadium. It's it's just amazing. I mean, they started the game like a half hour late, but why did why the game didn't just start at three o'clock? I I don't know. I mean, I props to Lundquist and Laner. They're both incredible because every period they had to deal with something different, and they both had over thirty saves. I mean, the first period it was so wide open. Just Sabres getting out of it only down what they were was a testament to Laner, and it's just so frustrating. <laughs> I mean, why they would force the thing into starting at one thirty is is beyond me. I mean, even if you started at two thirty, it would have been enough of a difference. Third period was, was the only one that was really fine. Otherwise, it was shadows here. Uh, the wind was brutal in the beginning. It was just – it was a great game, on all, all things considered. I mean, I think it was the fastest-paced Winter Classic ever. The ice was probably in the best shape of anyone that I can think of. Is there one on top of your mind? Because, I, you know, it didn't snow at all, and the ice just seemed perfect. And I don't know if it was partly because the Rangers are a super-fast team and the Sabres have decent – the fast guys and the Rangers too have you know guys got their wind on their back a little bit but uh, I felt like they were able to pass better than they usually do yeah I think um I think it was the conditions Mm -hmm. so like I do a couple of uh pond hockey tournaments and like outdoor skating and a lot of it comes down to like if it's really snowy it makes the ice terrible Mm -hmm. like so I guess let's just compare and contrast it was cold and snowing at the um, World Juniors outdoor game. Mm-hmm. That ice was a fucking shit yeah, show. Yeah, it was awful. It was way colder, but no snow at City Field for the Winter Classic. And it was windy. And it felt like the lack of snow just kept the ice like clean to a degree. Mm-hmm. And with enough time, like you can produce good outdoor ice. You just need... you. Like, the snow is what makes it bad. So, it'll, I mean, it was nice to see, like, the first period, I'm, like, first of all, the thing they have to fix are camera angles. Oh, God. Holy Christ. Yeah, that was brutal. Holy Christ. Terrible. Terrible viewing experience. Same thing for the um, World Junior game. It took them, like, two periods to realize how to zoom in on the camera. Like, it was so uh, bad. I can't. So bad. I'm watching reporters more closely, like with better clarity than I am the actual players on the. Yeah, ice. I can't speak for the World Juniors game because I was there, freezing, chirping at Canadians. But yeah, it was frustrating with the the uh, the Winter Classic. I mean, personally, I hate the behind the net camera. Like, no matter what, when it's being used, even if it's the power play, or whatever. I just I don't like it at all, and. They went to that a decent amount of the time. You know, they kept talking about how sweet the ref cam looked, and it's okay on the occasional replay, but you can't ever use it during a play or anything. Uh, if part of it is a technical thing, you know, you're the ice is so far away from the stands that it's tougher. But at the same time, like in the Bill Stadium, it's different. For the Winter Classic, no one's been in City Field for two months or three months. You could you could have figured out something better than the way that they did, but I said at least the yeah. game was enjoyable. It looked for a minute that it wasn't going to be that the Rangers were going to kind of steamroll, but 
you know, laying her, stop grabbing her and break away and kind of turn the tide a bit. And, you know, Sabres got a deserved point. And, you know, they took a penalty in overtime, which is frustrating. But, yeah, it yeah. happens. Um, one last broadcasting thing I want to say before we do the three-point challenge. Um, go, kind of goes back to the World Juniors. In fact, not kind of. It completely does. <laughs> uh, for the Canadian fans, you know, the TSN coverage of the World Juniors, the play-by-play, the commentating, the intermission reports has all been great. Mm-hmm. It's It's been wonderful. For those of us in the United States who watched on NHL Network, for all of the games, they just piggyback on the TSN feed, which that's how I'm able to tell you that the TSN feed is just great. The problem is that when USA plays, NHL Network decides, well, we could have TSN, who does a great job doing this, we could have them do it, or, hold on, let's let's get our galaxy brain idea here, and let's put in two annoying-ass uh, play-by-play guys, one who doesn't shut up about obscure college teams that nobody gives a flying fuck about, and random ass coaches who nobody cares for, and they like, and they honestly just make it so annoying to watch. Like, I cannot believe how like it's such a simple thing. Just let TSN do it, man. Just just let them do the whole thing. They're covering the game as well. Just just let them do it. Yeah, I just there's no there's no need to get involved. You, like don't don't interject. Just let them do it. They know way more about what they're talking about. I don't want to hear about the obscure defense, like defensive power play coach at St. Cloud State when I'm watching <laughs> uh, U.S. Russia in uh, the quarterfinals. I don't care about him. Like, why are you bringing this up? I don't care about the like top ten point getting uh, freshman defenseman in college hockey. That's not what I'm there to watch. That's not. I I don't need to take in that information. That information does nothing for me. I want to hear the evaluations of the prospects on the ice. That's it. Just If he's in the top 10 in scoring for freshman defensemen, just say he's in the top 10 in scoring and freshman defensemen. You don't have to list every other freshman defenseman who's ahead of him. <laughs> like, why? Like, what are you doing? Uh, I'll be, like, what's the point of that? I'll be honest. I, I just stream everything. I don't have cable. I just stream everything. And I just, I've been streaming the TSN feeds of everything. So I haven't even watched any of the u.s games on nhl network so i can't say anything but in general obviously tsn puts out you know the best for everything you know or sports net when they do nhl games i'd rather have their coverage for the most part than any americans but yeah it's that's frustrating i mean like you said there's no reason for you to list off every single guy ahead of them like at the end of the day what does it matter just talk about the guy you're talking about you don't have to bring up eight other guys in the process or whatever but um yeah let's get to the the three-point challenge we'll do it for thursday's games there's 12 of them on the slate um florida at boston boston is scoring like five goals a game for two weeks straight they're absolutely incredible right now uh san jose at toronto san jose is playing well toronto is not should be an interesting game islanders flyers Big game of playoff implications. Islanders on a little bit of a downswing. Well, again, another team if they had good goaltending. You could see them pulling off uh, an upset, but they really need Holak or Grice to step up because we talked about it before we recorded. But I mean, 
you know, Carolina, who's in the next team we're going to talk about, if they had average goaltending, they would be a top 10 team in the league easy, but the problem is they don't. And while they would be in the 18 right now, they should be much higher than that. And they're just Ward and Darling have been train wrecks. Yes. Uh, yeah. Carolina at Pittsburgh. I mean, probably the game with the biggest uh, playoff implications on the day. Uh, Pittsburgh was struggling a bit, but, you know, they did destroy Philly on Tuesday. Carolina's playing well outside of goaltending. So that'll be probably the game to watch at the early slate, depending if you want to watch uh, San Jose or Toronto. Uh, Tampa's at Montreal. I mean, that should be a bloodbath. Vegas at St. Louis. Vegas is hotter than hell again. Uh, you know they are on the road. They're not as good on the road, but uh, it's hard to go against Vegas right now. Minnesota's also playing well. They host Buffalo, and they traditionally do well against Buffalo at home. Uh, Devils and the Stars. The Stars are playing great at home, although they did lose to Columbus the other day. The Devils seem to at least be getting a point in games lately. Uh, it'll be interesting because Bishop's numbers are great, but. No, the Devils keep chugging along and haven't really fallen off yet. So uh, that's an interesting game. And, you know, it's it's only 8.30 game, so you'll be able to watch the end of it without being interfered with other games. They'll be the only game ending at the same time. Uh, Columbus is hot as hell. They play Colo- or Colorado is hot as hell. They play Columbus. Uh, don't really trust guys on either team in this game. It's hard to say which way it's going to nope. go. Calgary Kings, same way. I expect a low-scoring game. Uh, Anaheim and Edmonton, and the way Anaheim's playing, they could blow Edmonton out of the water. And Nashville, Arizona, I mean, Nashville just lost 3 nothing to Vegas. I expect Arizona to take a beating. <laughs> There's no other way around it. I would I would be surprised. I'm um, bringing up the top 10 in points. I'm interested to see if uh, Josh Bailey's still second in the league in points. I haven't looked in a, in a couple days. But, I mean, obviously Kucherov, they – he finally didn't get a point against Toronto, but he had before that he had another five-game streak of multi-points in a row. Um, no, Josh Bailey and Tavares are still second no, and third in the God. league. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking at a top ten and exactly ten for the first time basically all year. Kucherov, Bailey, Tavares, Stamkos, McKinnon, Wheeler, Giroux, Voracek, McDavid, and Kessel. Uh, nobody's hit it for a while. I'll let you take the floor. There's anyone uh, you're looking to take here? Oh boy! Um, so obviously the Nashville guys are the ones that I'm like looking at, but with no Philip Forsberg, yeah. it's really hard to pin down mm-hmm. one that I'd really want. Right. Um, in fact, there's only one guy on Nashville in the top 50 in scoring, mm-hmm. and it's Forsberg. So, okay, like. Awesome, I guess. Um, like Tampa Bay again, great spot. Like I could just be cheeky and take um, the Mestikov, but I don't think I want to. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit off the board here and say. Um, I'm going to go with Sebastian Ajo in Carolina. Um, The reason I'm doing this, Pittsburgh, we talked about whether they should be worried or not uh, about missing the playoffs, and I think they have to be really worried because normally when Pittsburgh struggles, it's just because their top guys aren't producing. 
The problem is that their top guys are still producing. It's just the rest of the team is doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just screams like a lack of depth. We talk about how Edmonton, the top guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl, they're doing everything they can, but the team still loses. Like Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel are still putting up points, but the rest of the team just isn't getting it done. So... Like, I know Latang and Schultz have, are back, but to me, they're not, def- they're not like, defensive gurus. They're not the ones that's not the, oh, okay, well, now it's all going to click. Um, I don't think New Year, New Me is really going to apply to Pittsburgh here for the second half of the season. And Carolina's been really strong lately. Um, and we were talking about how great Finland's going to be in a couple of years for Olympic play. But I, I like Sebastian Ajo a lot here. The young guys, uh, their game against Washington uh, the other night was um, two goals by Lindholm, two goals by Rask. All the young guys were getting involved. All those young forwards that you and I were so high up on mm-hmm. to start the year. I like. I could see this being a shootout. Really. It might just end up like last year where – the guys have big second halves after slow starts, at least both Lindholm and Rask, hopefully at least because they've, they've both been uh, big, big disappointments. You were higher on Rask, I was higher on Lindholm, and neither of them have been that great. Yeah, I don't mind the spot for Carolina, especially in DFS. They're going to be cheaper guys, too. I'm good with it. Um, I'm going to go with Brad Marchand. Boston just looks like world beaters. Uh, you know, Reimer, he played well. They pulled him against Minnesota. I mean, he stopped like 23 out of 26 before they pulled him. But he had started 12 games in a row, and he probably is just worn down, to be honest. I mean, Boston's just they, – they can't be stopped right now. And while you know, Marshawn hasn't had any, like, massive games, he's been consistently getting a point and two points here and there. I feel like there's a big game coming from that Boston top line. And with how many minutes Florida plays Barkoff and Trocheck, I feel like – you know, Boston will counter by playing their top line even more. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Marshawn. Uh, so you know, this will be up you know, by the time you hear it. It'll be up you know bright and early Thursday. If you go to hockey.resball.com, uh, you can make your pick in the comment section. It'll be the first post when you go on there. Uh, you can make your pick. Also, if you want to reach out to one of us on Twitter, it's fine too. I'm at resballviz. Reed is at Reed Cash with the K seventeen. Uh, anything you want us to talk about next week, like let us that let us know that in the comment section too. Uh, anything else you got, Reed? No, that's it. Um, since this is going up Thursday, mm-hmm. enjoy the World Junior Games tonight yeah. beforehand. U.S. Sweden's at four o'clock. Eastern. Yeah, kind of frustrating that so, the game is. Uh, that that game is early for uh, people on the East Coast to, or everywhere for that matter, in the U.S. that have to work and are going to miss that. But hopefully you at least catch the end of it if you work till 5. And obviously, you know, Canada, check later on at night. Hopefully, uh, hopefully check and get the upset. Sorry, Canadian listeners. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 54% of our yeah. audience. But, um, yeah, that should be it for yeah, us. We'll- We'll be back next yeah, week. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Take care, everybody. Yeah, take care of them.